0: This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network.
1: And welcome to episode 17 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Zoe and this is Mike. Hello. And this week is a Mike episode.
2: It is. Sorry. And just for a little bit of extra special sauce, this is the first of three episodes I will be doing on three different topics that have a common link. So it's going to be kind of a three episode series, a each trilogy. on a different topic. Yeah.
1: Or a story in three parts?
2: Well, it's three stories in three parts. So Three
1: stories in one part each?
2: Three stories in nine parts total? I don't
1: know. No, we're not having a Lord of the Rings thing, are we? No, Star Wars. No, we're not doing that. No,
2: we're not doing any of that. No. No. So, the first episode is on the Philadelphia Experiment, which strangely has nothing to do with soft cheese.
1: I was going to say, we... No. No? No. Okay.
2: In 1955, UFO writer Maurice K. Jessup had some unusual correspondence following the publication of his book, The Case for the UFO. The book looked at the UFO phenomenon and delved into the exotic ways these crafts might have of propelling themselves across the vast reaches of space between planets. Jessup received two letters from a Carlos Miguel Alande, who also went by Carl M. Allen in other correspondence. Carlos, or Carl, claimed to be a witness of a secret experiment involving the U.S. Navy during World War II that took place at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Alande claimed that during this experiment, the USS Eldridge, a destroyer escort ship, was rendered invisible, teleported to New York, teleported to another dimension where it encountered aliens, and teleported through time, which resulted in the horrific deaths of several crew members. Jessup dismissed Allande as a crackpot. Allande was an eyewitness to the experiment while stationed on the SS Andrew Furuseth. The Furuseth, then docked in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, had a clear view of the Eldridge when it disappeared. Allande also claimed advanced knowledge of extraterrestrial technology, which proved that the unified field theory put forward by Einstein was a reality. Not only that, But Olande had been taught the theory by none other than Einstein himself. Then, in early 1957, Jessup was contacted by the Office of Naval Research, the ONR, from Washington DC, who had received through the mail a paperback copy of Jessup's book, The Case for the UFO, delivered in a manila envelope, which was marked, Happy Easter. The book contained extensive annotations in the margins in three different shades of pink ink, which at first examination appeared to be some sort of conversation between three people. One of the writers was called Jemmy, but the others were left nameless, leading them to be designated as Mr A and Mr B by the ONR. It's possible one was supposed to be an extraterrestrial being. The characters refer to themselves as gypsies and discussed two types of people, in inverted commas, living in outer space, and a detailed discussion of Jessop's assertions and assumptions in the book. The annotations also contain references to the Philadelphia experiment, albeit implied, rather than overtly. One example has Jemmy and Mr. A highlighting a particular theory of Jessup's from the book, wherein Mr. B chimes in to reassure them. An analysis of the handwriting showed unusual use of capitalizations and punctuation, and Jessup and others concluded that possibly all three contributors were written by the same person, with three different pens, presumably Alonde. The ONR funded a small printing of the book complete with annotations of around 100 copies, known as the Varro edition, being published by the Varro Manufacturing Company in Texas, and these Varro edition transcripts were highly sought after by conspiracy theorists. The story goes that the experiment was based on some aspect of unified field theory. That term was coined by Albert Einstein to describe a theory that could mathematically and physically unite electromagnetic and gravitational forces into a single unified field. Apparently, some unnamed researchers posited that by using a large electrical generator, they could enable this field and use its properties and effects to effectively bend light around an object via refraction, rendering the object invisible. Obviously, the US Navy saw massive military applications for such a technology and sponsored the experiment. Another version tells of the same unnamed researchers preparing magnetic and gravitational measuring of the sea floor to detect anomalies, and this was also based on Einstein's theories surrounding gravity. In this version of the telling, there were also related secret experiments being worked on by the Nazis to find an anti-gravity solution, allegedly led by SS-Obergruppenführer Hans Kamler. According to the tale, the USS Eldridge was fitted with the high-powered generators at Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, and testing began in the summer of 1943, with apparently some limited success. One test saw the Eldridge becoming almost invisible, with some witnesses reporting a greenish fog appearing in its place. Some crew members reported severe nausea afterwards, but they were the lucky ones. Other crew members went completely bananas, and others were reported to have been embedded in the metal bulkheads of the ship. One sailor ended up with his hand stuck in the ship's hull when it reappeared, and he was a deck below the one he'd been on when the experiment started. At this point, the Navy allegedly changed the parameters of the experiment in order to safeguard the crew. Now the experiment was limited to creating a stealth technology that would make the Eldridge invisible to radar only. Unfortunately, when the experiment resumed on October 28th 1943, it was discovered that the equipment had not been recalibrated in the intervening period. This resulted in the Eldridge not only becoming invisible, but also disappearing in a flash of blue light and teleporting over 200 miles away where it reappeared in Norfolk, Virginia. It's claimed that the Eldridge was in full view of the personnel of the SS Andrew Furiseth for some time before it suddenly vanished again, reappearing back at its original spot in Philadelphia, albeit 10 minutes back in time. Again, some crew were reported as suffering from mental disorders as a result, others were again fused to parts of the ship, some rematerialized inside out, and yet others just never reappeared at all. In 1983, there was a movie made called The Philadelphia Experiment, featuring Robocop's Nancy Allen and an executive producer credit for John Carpenter of Halloween, Escape from New York, The Thing and They Live fame. It takes many of the main plot elements and delivers a very 80s B-movie experience, which is not without its delights. Some of those include a scene of two sailors looking confused in a room full of alternately brightening and dimming bulbs and also the loud but deadpan delivery later on of one heartily advising his friend to let go, Jimmy, let go, when Jimmy inadvertently grabs an electric fence. After the movie was released, a man named Al Bielek came forward, claiming to have taken part in the experiment. Bielek claimed he had been brainwashed to forget his involvement, but watching the movie had reawakened those memories. In 1994, French astrophysicist and ufologist Jacques Vallée published an article in the Journal of Scientific Exploration titled Anatomy of a Hoax, the Philadelphia Experiment 50 Years Later. Vallée had asked readers to contact him with any information about the event, and he then received a letter from Edward Dudgeon, who had served in the US Navy from 1942 to 45. Dudgeon had served aboard the USS Engstrom, which was dry docked in the Philadelphia Naval Yard during the summer of 1943, and he was an electrician. He said he had full knowledge of the classified devices aboard the Eldritch and the Enstrom. Dudgeon claimed that the devices were for degaussing, which has the effect of scrambling the ship's magnetic signature, making them less susceptible to magnetic mines and U-boat torpedoes. According to Dudgeon, the wilder claims were all false and mostly sailors' embellishments. The green glow around the ship could be due to an electrical storm or St. Elmo's fire. Dudgeon even had an answer for how the Eldridge got to Norfolk, Virginia and back in the same day. There are inland shipping canals that are off limits to commercial traffic, but allow the route to be completed in just a handful of hours. In another baffling turn of events, the Philadelphia Enquirer newspaper reported in 1999 about a reunion of sailors who'd served on the Eldridge in Atlantic City. Those sailors said the ship never docked in Philadelphia, that it was actually in Brooklyn at the time of its supposed disappearance. The ship's log confirmed this too, and the captain stated that no experiments were ever performed on the vessel.
0: Hello, I'm Jack Kirby, the host of The Matrix Has You, and I want to let you in on a little secret. Well, it's more of a truth. In fact, it's the only real, constant truth in the universe, and that is that The Matrix Has Us All. I invite you to come on a journey with me every Saturday as I share listener experiences of glitches in The Matrix and parallel realities. Then you can judge for yourself if you think The Matrix is real can find the matrix has you podcast on the paranormality podcast network or anywhere you listen to podcasts and on instagram at paranormal podcasts until we meet again remember the matrix has us all
2: what do you think
1: inside out yeah i was I, i'm just i'm still reeling over the list of Fused Things. to the hull and
2: metal bulkheads.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, this is taking me back to a film we watched. Right. And I can't remember what it was called. And do you remember it? I don't know. Okay. So it was set, but it was set in outer space. Okay. And, and there was a spaceship and they went somewhere and I think they found almost like a copy of their ship. And at one point there was something to do with like a guy turns up and he's got no hand and there or there's a noise coming from somewhere and when they finally figure out where it is and open it up there's like just someone's hand wiggling around in
2: that was one of the Cloverfield movies it was, was the last it? Cloverfield yes. movie where yeah he he's his hand comes off and it keeps moving after it's
0: yes yeah that was so that- the
2: last Cloverfield one that was a Netflix exclusive i think it was
1: but that was Along the kind of site so were, there were there were of,
2: there were parallels, yeah, yeah it was kind of wormhole related yeah. and that kind of thing, so yeah, there were definite parallels there and in it fact, was
1: like oh yeah, our it word. was
2: just the, the the same story, but transposed to space give or take a few yeah. details it
1: was it was a bit weird, but that was what that kind of flashed in and I'm like inside, out and changed places and just never reappeared.
2: yeah, so in the film, yeah, two sailors basically see what's going on. Yeah. And these are the guys in the room of alternately dimming and brightening bulbs. I mean that must have been which makes me very concerned for some reason. So number one, why would you have a room of bulbs? And they were literally like screw in light bulbs. Kind of I mean, thing.
1: maybe they just got lost in the Tate.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, none of these light bulbs did anything but all come on at once or all fade off at once. So there wasn't any pattern to them. Weird. So that,
1: just a power surge.
2: So that you just have this really bright was, room, and they there was had a to kid in, in the
1: corner going werp, 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 on the dimmer switch. Yeah, that's and they're right. like, "Oh my god, I can't take it."
2: So basically, they figure out that something is not right with the experiment, and one of them goes to grab one of those old levers that every. Oh God! Yeah, Frankenstein movie has to throw the power switch kind
1: yeah. of thing. And his friend thinks he's escaping from Jurassic Park, so decides to grab hold of a
2: fence. Yeah, well, no, that was that was later on. So basically, he reaches for this switch, gets electrocuted with um, some very kind of orange-looking electricity, which kind of courses up his body. Mm. Several of the lights shatter, and there are sparks and all this kind of thing. And eventually, they run up onto deck, realize that they're in hyperspace which is what it's, I think, referred to as in the movie. Okay. And jump overboard. Oh, because that's what you do? Well, they're just like, I guess we'll just jump overboard because we don't know what's going to happen. And they get catapulted 40 years into the future to 1983. And there's this whole theory about the Earth having biorhythms that last about 20 years. And when the cycles are at the right point, the kind of fabric between portions of time is weakened and they can get through kind of thing right. anyway they land in 1983 and are very baffled by things like coke cans okay um, yeah so because i suppose it would have been which bottles. was actually quite interesting yeah because yeah. they, they pick up a coke can and, and like one of them goes oh my god it's so light what do you think it's made of and of course you're thinking well yeah aluminium wasn't, manufacturing wasn't yeah. around back then so sure they get into an altercation with a, a group of people in a diner Uh, and then basically kidnap Nancy Allen. Alison, her character's name is in the movie, I think. Right. And then they end up taking the other guy who had his hand shocked to hospital because it keeps getting worse. And whenever his hand goes a bit tingly... Usually it's accompanied by a bolt of lightning from the blue that strikes the car he's in or whatever or a nearby power line right, or okay, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And eventually in the in the hospital he just kind of disappears. Like they watch him fade out with all this orange lightning <gasps> around him and all the doctors are just like, What the hell? Does his
1: mate throw himself onto him or
2: No, he doesn't actually. No. There's a few other bits happen and then basically Allison sticks with him, mm-hmm. takes him to They figure out where his mate's wife lives and goes there and speak to her and the mate. And he survived and got thrown back out in 1947 and has lived normally. So he then walks out of his front door, sees his mate looking 40 years younger.
1: Like, oh my God, you've literally just watched me disappear. And decides to
2: completely snub him. And he's just like, no, get out of here. No, no, I can't help you. Go away. And rides a horse away. Sorry. He, yeah, he, he works on a ranch.
1: I was going to say, I'm, I'm just imagining him on the street, just no. randomly, like, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to randomly grab this horse and ride off. And I'm like, uh, where have you got a horse from? <laughs> I need
2: this horse, police business. Yeah, no, he's he's already on a horse. He's working on a ranch. Okay. Now, I haven't finished the movie, but so far it's been actually very entertaining well, maybe for this we'll, kind of thing. We'll and the is- story is is pretty much. Because I have
1: seen part I, I've, of
2: what some of the things have. have I
1: must happened. have seen some of it. Because I remember Possibly. the two, two sailors, and I don't yeah. know if it's more because I've maybe seen clips of it in those top 20 movies of random stuff.
2: Right, yeah. Top 20 conspiracy movies of all time.
1: Yeah, because it is a...
2: JFK, Philadelphia Experiment. So it's actually worth a watch. I was watching it on Amazon Prime, so if you've got that, check it out in the UK. I don't know where you'll find it overseas, but have a look around. Probably pick it up in a DVD bargain bin for like two quid or Do something. Do they exist anymore? One dollar maybe somewhere i I don't think they
1: really do do they
2: places must still sell dvds supermarkets do don't they that's about the only place these days but yeah this this gets weirder and weirder and weirder the more you read into it because Mm. basically the whole thing came from this carlos Allende or carl allen through letters he sent to the guy that wrote the case for the ufo book yeah And in this correspondence, he kind of went into detail about what he'd experienced and that he was an eyewitness and that he'd been taught about unified field theory by Einstein. By
1: Einstein, yeah.
2: And then went to work on a ship. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I can't see a direct link there, but who knows, whatever. The more you read into it, it goes on about like certain mathematicians that came up with some of the math for this unified field theory and and whatever. Yeah. And some of the math to make the generators do what they were going to do. And not only Einstein is mentioned, but Tesla was mentioned. Right. One thing I was reading about as well that mentioned Tesla about this said that Tesla's death was faked and he went to live in England and they basically found some skinny homeless guy on the street who had a very similar bone structure to take the place of Tesla and whisked him away. So that added another layer of bullshit shit onto my crazy-ass sandwich. There's a mathematician called von Neumann who, I don't know if he was maybe brought over in Operation Paperclip or what, but he kind of features quite heavily. And I think he might have been one of the characters in the movie, but I'm not entirely sure. It doesn't call him that, but he may have been inspired by kind of thing. But it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. The first experiment was supposed to make the ship physically invisible. You could not see the ship.
1: Do you think it was possibly like Job, like in... In what way? Because well, he did his magic okay, trick. I'm, th- I'm gonna. Th- I'm make thinking pillar this... of
2: salt from the Bible. You're thinking of Job from Arrested Development, uh, yes, which um... I'm amazed we got that one that way around. because yeah, I don't normally think of him first. Yeah, and where he, he where he just, sinks the boat. He just sinks and... <laughs> the boat. They just <laughs> went. Just Do you know what? We'll just
1: we'll just put a curtain over it. Or we'll just put like a sheet or something, and or we'll just we'll just we'll just turn the stage so it's looking at the, so the,
2: the boat. The U.S. Navy built two USS Eldridges. Mm-hmm. One in no, Norfolk, no, just, one in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Sank the one in Philadelphia and then they just popped, pulled the it, curtain just pulled it, down. Just pulled it down. It's here in Norfolk, Ooh, Virginia, no. guys.
1: <laughs> no, so they had a stage, but all the seats were on a big kind of pivoting base. So they're like, here's the, the ship. Da-da, close the curtain. And then it all moves really slowly so they don't realise. And then when they open the curtain, they're just not facing it. It's actually beside them. They just haven't <laughs> noticed. They're like, oh, look, it's gone. And they're like, oh. So then they close the curtain again, turn it back. And somewhere out in Norfolk or wherever, like this cardboard cutout just springs up. And they're like, oh my goodness, there's a ship. And then they crank that back down again. And then they turn the thing back and go, oh, look, it's back again. Amazing.
2: That that must be what it is. But then the ship's log saying actually it was in Brooklyn at the time. It was supposed to have been in Philadelphia. I'm sorry.
1: I do not trust anything that the military says in that respect because See, you could just write anything. You could write that, actually, I'm sorry, but the ship at that point was at his brother's wedding um, and here's 100 witnesses or yeah. members of the military who witnessed the ship at the ship's brother's wedding.
0: The
2: thing about not believing the military goes two ways because for me it's like... It works, doesn't it? I get though, it. I it? Get it. You, you don't trust what the military says because they've got an agenda. But the thing is, the captain of that ship has to, I think, probably by law, or certainly by martial law, fill out a log to say everything that happens and it's the captain's ultimate responsibility, but obviously he'll have somebody else do it. It has to be almost minute by minute updates of what goes on, yes, on the but ship.
0: Also
1: there is the whole secrets act thingy majiggy where sure. they would have like it's like having two books when you're a business so you can like Thingy, the Cook books. the books, yeah. Cook the books, you have your real one well, and you have this, the one you show was, people just in case this they This is ask. what I was going
2: to say, the flip side to it, because the captain of that ship would probably want to go, well, hang on a minute, here's the records, but if anything clandestine was happening on the ship, he would have been countermanded by orders from above. Exactly. And that's the flip side of the military thing, is anybody that's telling you something or telling the public something has had orders to do it by a superior mm-hmm. officer, and they will lie if ordered to.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't matter so, how many people went, yes, the ship was there. If they're part of the military, mm. they will do as they're told because yeah. that's what they're trained to do. The minute they step into the military, they do as they're told. They follow yeah. orders. And if they do not, they are either chucked out
2: or, 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 or
1: reprimanded yeah. for it. So... If they go, oh, yes, yes, we were we were all on the ship in, you know, we just went to the Bahamas for the day. Yeah, It was lovely. We went swimming with sharks. And no, 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 You're like, okay, that's, I still don't believe you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I did see a map of the supposed shipping canals, and there is one that does seem to go between the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard and Norfolk, Virginia.
1: That is one thing you said. Which, you-
2: if you go round the coast... That's taking you two or three days. Yeah. But down shipping lanes, it's like it's six nice. hours. Okay. Apparently. But
1: then you said it appeared, so you get and back and but, but you said it appeared 10, I don't know if this is just a slip of the tongue or yeah. if I just understood it incorrectly, but you said it appeared 10 minutes before.
2: Apparently when it returned, it had returned 10 minutes back in time, which again... That
1: means it was there twice.
2: That Again, that's what I was thinking, but There'd I don't know... We don't and, know how this works. This and is And we do travel know, we don't know that two works. things
1: cannot exist in the same, same space at the, at the same, same time. time.
2: But they could exist in separate spaces at the same time.
1: So like parallel in universe, theory. kind of like... Well, bottom. no, as
2: long as you don't touch your other self, you're fine, aren't
1: yeah, you? Yeah, but... I'm sorry, you're not saying that the ship went right. We're gonna, it's going to appear ten minutes before it leaves. But What we'll do is we'll we'll drop it down just beside itself. No, I don't think it was planned. I don't think
2: it was planned. No,
1: but no, no. What you're missing the point, right? Like, okay, so here's my Pepsi can. Yeah, it's there. If it appears from ten wherever it goes away. Yeah, and it appears now. Yeah but this one's not going to disappear for 10 minutes, minutes, where's the other one going to go? They're not going to go, well, I'll place it here, beside it, and then slide it over when that one disappears. Yeah. Because they can't be in the same place. I
2: I agree. As far as everything to do with the laws of physics Because then my brain will explode. Yeah. But, yeah, all I can say is that at some point, according to that, there will have been two USS Eldridges for 10 minutes, or time finds a way of resolving its own paradoxes. Who knows? We don't oh know God. how this stuff works, do we?
1: Is it like in Futurama where you, you, it squishes things, and that's why it just like popped like a soap bubble or something?
2: Maybe, maybe that's what happened to some of the guys. Or maybe
1: it just landed on out top. out. It just landed on top. And went boof, and mm. the other one just is underneath it. But
2: almost. there was also there was also bits about this that said that even some of the generators had been kind of reverse engineered from alien technology.
1: Is it still in service?
2: No, it's not. No, it got sold to I think China for scrap.
1: Yes, but that, that's that's, that's what, what happens
2: to a lot of ex-military stuff because China wants the steel for building buildings and things.
1: But it seems a little weird to me if you've got the technology on there that's been reverse-engineered from alien. I don't what's think it, that they, they would, would have go, sent
2: it with that. Stuff. Okay,
1: good because it seems I not think that I'm that saying that would China would, that they would you know take
2: out first and go I feel right. Like okay,
1: we could just repurpose this. Yeah. Or just, you know, recycle it into Pepsi
2: cans. But it, it just... The one thing that kind of confuses me... The one... Well, there's only one? No, I mean, there's <laughs> about 100,000. But one of the things that, that confuses me is at what point did they go, okay, let's just bung a massive generator on a ship and turn it on with people in it and see what happens? Surely any scientist would have started with something else first.
1: Okay, yes, because also you you've don't got... You do
2: start with a warship.
1: A warship... It's, it's massive, it's intricate, it's in water, yeah, and it's got loads of people on it. You'd start with a Pepsi can. Yeah. You'd start with a Pepsi can out in the desert, mm. you know, not in a built-up place. Yeah,
2: and you'd be about, you know, three, four, five miles away from it yeah. when anything happened, and you'd be watching it through. But again, 1947, so maybe they didn't have the ways to do stuff remotely.
1: When was Roswell again?
2: Hang on, I'll look it up. 1947. So four years after this, in theory.
1: Okay, so what if this was just you know Roswell was basically this ship just flung through the air, crashed a bit, and then zipped
2: back. Well, that's it. Maybe, maybe the maybe, maybe there's some aliens just pootling along in hyperspace. <laughs> Hit by a ship. We're going <laughs> to check out this weird little blue green planet we've heard about. Apparently, there's quite a big life signs from it. We're going to see if there's anything intelligent. <laughs> what the hell was that? I think and they it get was overtaken a... by a destroyer class warship. <laughs> <It's>
1: not... <laughs> I should say, that's no moon. <laughs> no yeah,
2: one. definitely like, not. Like, what
1: the hell? And but is yeah. that where they got the idea from for the big destroyers? Maybe, maybe in, in... they nudged
2: the ship and then they fell in out of Star hyperspace Wars. early and like landed the big in Roswell. Ships, you know? The Star, it Star Imperial destroyers? Star Destroyers. Yeah,
1: the Star Destroyers. Maybe that's just someone yeah. looked out of the window the ship just went past. What? what are you talking about? We're in the middle of the city. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, pointed, it at, pointed it at the front. Great, great idea. A quick sketch it down. Oh, like a triangle, kind of.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Call up my friend. What's his chops? Got this idea.
2: <laughs> well, there are there are a lot of reports of triangular shaped UFOs as well. Yeah. So. Well, I
1: mean, it's it's streamlining, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. Well, yeah. So Roswell was only was four years after. So where did they get this? So if, if Roswell was after this, yeah.
2: Where, Where was did the, they get the, the alien technologies yeah. to reverse engineer this? Or is with? it that? Yeah. No. Well, don't oh know.
1: god. Roswell jumped back in time, gave him the stuff and then jumped <laughs> forward again.
2: This is the problem with time <sighs> travel stuff. You can it just get gets, all kinds of Because if
1: there up. is such a thing as time travel yeah. and it happens in my lifetime, I want proof to to be on the floor in the hallway when I go out there now. So I know that that's going to happen and I'll yeah. make sure. Or I'm going to deliver like a letter's going to be delivered tomorrow from myself from the future i've come back in time posted it yeah and told myself that we're, it's okay we're still in <laughs> still in lockdown like yeah. how many years several in the future
2: several months later several yeah, months, months not later, years. years years
1: we are entering mad max territory yeah it's this year so yeah i'm working on my tina turner hair
2: that's not until mad max 3
1: yeah i know but it well, it's, that won't be this all year, that volume it? All that volume takes time, love.
2: I guess that's why Robert Smith always appears with that haircut is because it's just stayed like that yeah. since he was...
1: To be fair, 20. when I had short hair, I hardly did anything to it. <laughs> I just, like, scratched my head in the morning and went, Labs. Oh,
2: yeah, same as me.
1: Yeah, your hair's slightly shorter than
2: Yeah. It's one of the things I like about not having hair is that you just never have to worry about your haircut. Just
1: Apart from your beard. Shame and, that. I mean, you don't seem to be worried about that at the I'm moment. Not
2: about, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs>
1: I'm totally getting the straighteners on
2: it. I look like Meth Santa.
1: Meth Santa. (laughs) Oh, God. You've got too many teeth.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that is true.
1: I can sort that out. It is really strange because it is the sort of thing that I would think back then that they would be experimenting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I
1: just don't get why they would do it with a ship. In a harbor, radar surrounded, a surrounded invention. by lots and lots of people. It's a harbor. It's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of people there. Yeah. So what, why well, would you do this? It's a
2: naval shipyard.
1: Yeah, but still. So everybody Secret. that's there is bound to oh, secrecy
2: in theory, and it wasn't. Okay. You know, this is '47. There weren't like drones flying around or spy satellites or whatever. You'd think. As far as I know, yeah, sure.
1: But yeah, I still don't think that it seems very sensible.
2: Again, like you say, coke can in the middle of the desert, or you know something. No they, they, they weren't,
1: no, they weren't. They weren't coke cans. That would have scared them. A bottle.
2: A no, bottle. you <laughs> don't want a bottle. You want something steel, don't you? Okay. I
1: went just the size. Oh anyway. My God.
2: It's the sort of thing where I can't imagine they just jumped in at that point and went, fuck it, let's try a warship.
1: Yeah, one of those little metal ammo boxes that you're always seeing on like warfare.
2: Preferably Something. without the ammo in it, just yeah, to be on but the safe side. I just mean again. that
1: size. You could put a couple of sandwiches in it or yeah. a guinea pig. No, that's horrible. Don't do that. Put, leave just guinea
2: pigs alone. What have they ever done? Ham to you? sandwich.
1: <laughs> it's almost. It's, it's meat. Can okay. you transfer meat? Yeah. Stick a ham sandwich in it.
2: And it's, it's the sort of thing where. Had there been multiple witnesses, I'd put a lot more credence in it. The degassing thing sounds about right to me, that they were just trying to generate, like, electromagnetic energy to confuse yeah. basically, like, magnetic mines and U-boat torpedoes, which were also magnetic, to help yeah. guide them to the because nearest that w- ship.
1: Surely that would, yeah, because it would just
2: Cause it would throw just everything go, off, uh, wouldn't it? It's like, it's yeah. not,
1: there's nothing there, I'll just carry on going by. Yeah,
2: You'd think like magnetic mines would be quite dangerous to U-boats as well, unless they f- they float. Those are the ones that
1: they don't. They... Sea mine. <laughs> don't
2: <laughs> from they... Hot fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: What's he, do? what he? He kicks it. Say, it he kicks he? it.
2: Yeah. And he was... Oh, hated.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: But the kind of it, it, it was a weird one because the the actual main story of this is very short and can be told very simply. But the more you start to delve into it, the more Kind of comes out about it like I say about all these relationships between these different mathematicians yeah. and you know Tesla being involved and Einstein being involved and unproven because a unified field theory still isn't proven today so 1947 this was quite a big deal yeah but apparently it's still unproven as yet now I have not that we been, know of that, that I know of yeah because I haven't been massively up to date on popular science recently but you know but then I'm
1: sure there are loads of things that have been proven. Just no one's been told, or the public mm. haven't been told. I'm well, sure yeah, maybe. you know that there's there's going to be so much information out there held by governments of yeah. various countries.
2: What that- is it? The, there's a a quote from I can't remember which film it is. It's not the Phenomenon because I've watched that one fairly recently. It might be the the one about Something the Disclosure like Project. Phenomenon. But basically, there's there's a quote that somebody from the military, basically on camera, says all the kind of stuff you've seen in Star Wars and stuff like that, we've either tried it and figured out it didn't work or it wasn't worth the cost. But all the stuff you see in sci-fi movies, we've already tried it. Which I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, maybe. but I
1: don't I don't believe that you would have tried every single thing and all of it either failed or was too expensive. Because yeah. that, if you say it didn't work or it was too expensive, that means the too expensive things worked. And there's always a way to make things
2: Less expensive over time. There is, but there's also the way projects work and the projects get funding to reach a certain destination by a certain time. And if they don't, then funding can be pulled and stuff like that. And there'll be loads of stuff out there that got shelved that probably could have worked really well.
1: But this is the thing, with science always going forward... Those things that were shelved because this product was too expensive to make or this material was too expensive. Mm. Years later, alternate material or different way of producing, which makes it ridiculously cheap. Yeah. So Mm. what biscuits do you think those sailors liked? (laughs) I've got nothing. I reckon one of those tins of shortbread biscuits that everyone uses as... Sewing boxes, one of those kind of oh, yeah, multi pack yeah. things yeah. where they're in the little paper.
2: I reckon they really liked wagon wheels for the irony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear.
2: Yeah. So I think that's part one of the series. Part two to follow. And we yeah. need to do some thankies.
1: We do have actually some nice thank yous. We don't do. We?
2: we do. So, firstly, I'd like to thank Leslie who got in touch via email. I won't read you the whole email. I'll just read you a couple of snippets, but basically said recently found our podcast on Spotify, thanks to a law and legends plug. Thanks guys at law and legends I currently binge listening past episodes and says that we have a wonderful chemistry that is such a great mix of professional and light-hearted, and it's a breath of fresh air. Thank you, Leslie. We're glad you're listening. We did have a little bit of a chat back and forth via email. So I hope you're still listening, obviously. But hello, hope you're having a nice day.
1: Yes, and happy new year. Because happy new year. it is the 1st of January it is first today. It's the 1st of January, as we, we were going to record yesterday, but uh, our daughter thought, decided <laughs> that she wanted to stay up until midnight, and she did. She got there blurry eyed and oh, looked her. like she was going to pass out, but she yeah. made it. She's nine. And uh, then. Literally, we dragged her to bed yeah. and put her to bed, and I went to bed too. And yeah. I was like, I'm not recording at 20 past midnight, sorry. No, <laughs> no, it was not
2: likely. So we postponed it, and because I'm now off work, I'll have time to edit it. So there we go. But
1: uh, anyway, thank you, Leslie, and uh, Happy
2: New Year. Happy New Year. So we also have 2.5, no, 3.54 mm-hmm. new patrons, but through two patron what you subscriptions t-
1: oh right okay. oh god now you're making it all right yeah. so we have the four. <laughs> so we have two new patreon subscribers we do so firstly thank you to sam but more dave if you've told him <laughs> so naughty decided to gift herself well
2: we got bundled in with a Patreon subscription to another podcast, basically, and we're friends with Sam. So hello, Sam.
1: And hello, Dave. And, and hello, sorry, Dave. <laughs> thank And thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah, anyway. And also thanks to Gavin and Sandra, who have also become a new patron.
1: Thank wow. you, guys. We Woo. love you. Love you.
2: <laughs> Bye.
1: So we have a review from S. Heron in the States. Hi there. Hello. T- <laughs> Top tier paranormal podcast, five stars. Mike and Zoe are wonderful storytellers and are incredibly engaging. I love and anticipate every episode. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. That's really lovely to hear.
2: Thank you. And uh, a while back, and I only just caught up with this recently, we got a couple of uh, comments on Podbean where we're also available. One said, really interesting podcast with great presenters. With a big thumbs up. Thank you to Sam393520. Thank you very much. And going back a bit further, AKP33 commented, definitely going to check out the documentary, which I think was the Third Eye Spies documentary from the remote viewing episode. This fascinates me. I definitely have some type of psychic connection with certain family members. I get a really strong feel all of a sudden that I need to check in with someone and the feeling is always right. Freaks me out. Loving the show so far. Thank you very much, AKP33. If you've got any more comments, you can comment obviously via the Podbean app by the looks of things. Uh, You can leave us a review on iTunes where it really helps people hear the show. And, yeah, tell us what you think. Thank you. Uh, And Happy New Year to everybody there. I think that's it for thankies. Thank you. you. No, thank you.
1: And thank him.
2: And thank us. And thank everyone.
1: And thank we. (laughs) Okay. So, if you have enjoyed today's episode and you would like to get in touch, maybe send us a listener story because we've had one.
2: We've had one, but one point five. But Leslie didn't want hers read out. I don't think.
1: Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, we respect that. I mean, if you just want to send a story so we can read them, we're nosy like that. We don't have to read them out. But if you want us to read them out, we will definitely do that. It can be anonymous if you don't fancy it, or we can big you up like whoop whoop. Yeah. But you can send us uh, an email and Mm. our email address is
2: storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com.
1: And if you want to stalk us on Facebook, you can find us at
2: facebook.com slash storiesofstrangeness. That's the page. And there is a join group button if you'd like to join the group and chat with us.
1: And if you want to see pictures, you can follow us on Instagram.
2: At stories of strangeness.
1: If you want to tweet at us.
2: At so strange pod.
1: And if you would like to read show notes and find all of the links to the random bits and bobs that we have available, you can find our website at
2: stories of strangeness Stories of strangeness Stories of oh,
1: <laughs> Do it in the style of Madame Doubtfire.
2: Madame? With Madame Doubtfire, Madame you've Doubtfire. upgraded her. <laughs> She's a lady. Oh, storiesofstrangeness.com. <laughs> there you go.
1: We also have a Redbubble account where you can find random illustrations from all of our episodes.
2: And also a few random comments here and there um, that have been turned into yeah, artworks quotes. for your eyeballs.
1: If you want to do any artwork for us, we'll happily... Big you up. Yeah,
2: send do us a, link. Do as, do as a, a picture based on your favourite episode.
1: And you can also get our amazing logo as designed by Mike, Hello. splattered over all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah,
2: we do an illustration for each episode and we put it on Redbubble and you can buy it on stuff.
1: And the Redbubble account is Zoe and Mike, all one word.
2: Yep, they'll, they'll be they'll find in us. the show notes.
1: And lastly... If you want more, like more, 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 more. minisodes, outtakes, more, more, and... More, more, oh, not about do, do, peanuts?
2: Do, do, to our Patreon. Subscribe. Do, 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 do. Oh my God. I've, yeah, all right, I'm done. There's
1: going to be no singing, don't worry. Um, that might be a bit. So yeah, basically, if you subscribe to our Patreon account, you will get minisodes. Minisodes. Outtakes. Outtakes. And what are those drawing thingies?
2: Time lapses.
1: Time lapses of the drawings that we have done. So you can see how terrible my drawing is. And mine. And laugh at the random things that I do. I might even put secret messages in there.
2: Do it. See if anybody can crack your code.
1: I don't think I'm clever enough to have a code. Oh, It'd just okay. be like putting things like Poobun Willy and then rubbing it out. Yeah. But yeah, they're all on Patreon. We have two different tiers. There is just a one dollar tier. If you just want
2: to support the show.
1: Do a little bit of supporting, we'll give you a, a shout out to say thank you. Whoopity whoop whoop. But if you do want the extras, that comes under a three dollar tier, was it? Or four?
2: I think it was three or three seventy-five, something like that.
1: So would you like a fun fact? I'd love one. Okay. The Scottish Witchcraft Act of seventeen thirty five forbid the eating of sausage rolls
2: good job and all those evil things
1: devilishly there. good <laughs> sausage rolls yeah which i find very strange yeah there you so, go so anyway thank you for listening hello well done if you got that far why are you say hello we say well goodbye
2: i felt like it
1: <laughs> wait you say hello i say goodbye there you go something like that um and it's
2: goodbye from him who i don't know him that guy in the corner looks like a shadow with a top hat on
1: so yeah Thanks for listening and Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Bye.
1: Love you.